Today's gospel is rather famous and has a classic interpretation. And I would like to work on that interpretation. I'd like to see it on several levels. Go a little deeper, maybe. The classic interpretation is Mary and Martha. Martha is busy preparing. Hospitality is a really important thing. And in the Old Testament, we saw it in the first reading. With Abraham, these three people who he's going to discover are three angels who are one, really, because he says, my Lord, to them in the singular. So it's the three and one. It is of the utmost importance that Abraham prepares a whole meal for them and lays it down almost like a sacrifice before him. And that idea of welcoming is really important. But Martha, Martha, she gets upset because she sees Mary sitting at the feet of Christ, right? And it's as if Mary doesn't care that there is so much work to do. And so she says to the Lord, um, Lord, my sister, Mary, uh, why don't you tell her? Why don't you tell her to get up and help me? Jesus has this famous response. He repeats her name twice. He says, Martha, Martha. I don't remember him ever saying, Peter, Peter. I don't remember that. It may exist, but I don't remember that in scriptures. So that's already a nice thing. He repeats her name twice. Martha, Martha. You worry and fret about so many things, but few are needed. Indeed, only one. In Latin, it's unum est necessarium. And that's a famous phrase in Latin. One is necessary. Unum est necessarium. One thing is necessary. God and God alone. And many a saint have lived by that motto. Unum est necessarium. And so this other stage, one is uh, being busy and worrying about many things. And it's almost like there's an anxiety to get everything done. And the other is contemplative, where we're gazing upon the Lord, listening to everything he says. And it's almost as if there's two kinds of life that we can live. Classically, we would say it's the active life, the life of the priest, versus, that would be Martha, by the way, the life of the priest would be Martha, versus the religious or the contemplative, so the Carmelites would be Mary. The Carmelites, when they go into their convent, by the way, we have the Carmelites right down the road, right? Uh, if you haven't visited them, please do. Um, the Carmelites, it's really that. That's why they go into their convent and then they never leave. They spend the rest of their life inside those walls. It's because there's one thing necessary, God and God alone. That's the classic interpretation. But St. Gregory of Nyssa, 
said something that I think helps me to understand this text, and I hope it will help you too. He said, the Old Testament is about hearing, and the New Testament is about seeing. And if you do not see, you're not really of the New Testament yet. Faith allows us to see. And really, the Old Testament is necessary. You need that. What is the Old Testament? Old Testament is about hearing God's law, hearing what God is calling you to do, listening to it, and obeying God's law. And Martha did that. She listened to what God wants, and she does it. But there needs to be something more. You're not a Christian if you just stay there. You have to go further. You have to go to seeing. And what do we mean by seeing? Well, you have to be able to see with the eyes of faith. Faith is not just about knowing uh, the creed. It's about seeing the presence of God. When I look at the Eucharist, I see that Jesus is truly there. There are so many passages in Scripture in the New Testament especially, right? That says that the kingdom of God is already here. It's in our midst. It's surrounding us. And do you have the eyes to see it? Mother Teresa has this famous quote that she said many, many, many times. She said, when I come into church, I see with my eyes of faith, right? The presence of God in the Eucharist. The presence of God in the Word. But then when a poor man knocks on the door, I get up and I leave Jesus to go answer the door and I meet Jesus again. Because she has the eyes to see. The husband or the wife when he or she meets her spouse, she's meeting Christ. Christ is giving of himself to her. When God gives a family a child, that child is a gift from God. The kingdom of God is already here. And if we have eyes to see, then you will already see God there. The Maori speak of something that I think is already a precursor of this. And it's not just the Maori. It's every single traditional society, period, everywhere in the world said this. That it's almost as if we could see God in everything in the world. When we go out and we see the mountains, the mountains cry out to us, God. The river cries out to us the divine or God. In our faith, we believe that everything is a sacrament or a sacramental, if you want to be precise. Everything speaks to us the communion of God. But the Old Testament is about hearing what we should do if we are a Christian, we begin to see with the eyes of faith the presence of Christ already here.
already in our midst. And so much of our work in our day, for example, in the middle of the day, after you have already gone to work, you usually go to lunch, I hope. What should you do? You should do an examination of conscience. And I'm not saying you should think of, have I obeyed all the commandments? That's true too, I guess. But really you should do like St. Ignatius of Loyola said, which is to see where has the presence of God been in your morning? How has God been in dialogue with you? And as you're getting ready to leave lunch and go back to your work, maybe it should be that reflection. How am I going to go to meet God in my family when I go home today? When I go home to meet my wife or my husband, how am I going to go and meet God? That's Mary. And that's the one thing that's necessary. If in your entire life you pass doing many things and you don't grasp this one point, your life will be vain. This is the one thing necessary. To see the infinite love of God giving himself to you now, at this very moment. For the kingdom of God is already here, is already in our midst. And if we miss that, then our life is vain. For that is what Christ is saying to you. That he loves you and he's giving of his heart to you. We live in a miracle of God's divine love and mercy. And if we don't see the one thing necessary, that is to live of his love that he has for you now, then we've missed the greatest thing that this world has to give to us, the heart of Christ.